listening to episode 8 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode discussing topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, relationships, and of course, self-care. From interviews with women who inspire me to sharing my own personal struggles, this is an inquiry of what it means to take care of yourself as a woman in the digital age. Today's episode features the co-founder of the Yoga Wake Up app, Lizzie Brown. It might be in the name, although it's more likely the energy, but everywhere she goes, someone knows Lizzie Brown. Lizzie moved to Los Angeles 14 years ago and has made a lot of friends across many circles. She got her start in lifestyle PR, representing surf and sportswear brands, and in 2007, at 23 years old, she opened up her first PR agency. In that time, she's credited with launching Lorna Jane in the US, as well as Carbon 38 and Nux Activewear. In 2014, Lizzie opened shop with her husband and launched Kamala Collective, an agency that specialized in app development, PR, and marketing for fitness and wellness brands, through which she launched brands that you've definitely heard of, like Fabletics, among others. In 2017, with her husband, Lizzie co-founded the first-ever yoga alarm clock, the Yoga Wake Up app which Apple subsequently featured in its new apps we love. Instead of waking up to an annoying alarm sound, which you're probably going to hit snooze on anyways, you wake up to the sound of a guided meditation, which is kind of a game changer for anyone who isn't a morning person. I've been using Yoga Wake Up for a couple months now, which is why I'm so excited to have Lizzie on the podcast today to talk about her journey. And stay tuned for a special offer at the end of this episode if you want to try the app. But before we get into the interview, I want to talk about our podcast partner, Lisa. Every time I have a friend come and visit me in Montreal and they stay over, they always compliment me on how comfortable my mattress is. I'm not joking. Someone even said that it's the coolest mattress they've ever seen because I was doing laundry that day and the actual mattress is gray and minimal and modern looking. So if you want to not only have the comfiest night's sleep, but also have a mattress that totally matches your aesthetic, you can get $100 off your Lisa mattress with the code selfcare at lisa.com. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, Lizzie. Thanks so much for coming on this episode today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So I'd love to start with your story. Who was Lizzie before Yoga Wake Up and kind of how did you get to this chapter of your life? Okay, well, I starting at, I guess, the beginning of my adult life, I moved from Gainesville, Florida, right after college to Los Angeles, and started a career in PR. Um, I've always been interested in physical fitness. My first job was at the local gym, and I've always been very active. And my husband and I, um, upon meeting, um, I got to know uh, a little bit more about the app business because he was a mobile app developer. And while it never occurred to me that I would be launching a mobile app prior to meeting him, it was a natural fit for us once we started talking and realizing our 
qualities that we both had in our careers, me coming from a PR background and him coming from an app development background. It was an obvious place for us to go uh, in working together. Awesome. And how did the idea for Yoga Wake Up come about? And maybe what was kind of that journey looking like prior to launching? Yeah, so we had actually started another app before Yoga Wake Up. We'd started a couple apps. Um, So anybody who's in the app business will tell you that most of them fail. And we started um, with an app that you could find your yoga teacher at different classes. So it was sort of like class pass, but instead of following studios, you would follow teachers and It didn't really take off, which is all right, because it got that seed planted for us. And we were already bitten by the start your app bug. And one morning, Joaquin was um, in a class called Spirit Yoga. And it was taught by Jen Smith at Equinox in Marina Del Rey. And she started you off with bolsters and blankets and had you lie in Shavasana at the beginning of class. And then um, eased you slowly into light stretches and then onto your feet for a flow. And of course, it ended in Shavasana like most yoga classes do. Um, But he came home and was like, why don't we always wake up like this? So he kind of walked me through what it was like to take her class and um, built the prototype in a weekend. We did a Kickstarter and people were like, this is the one. In fact, my sister, you know, having known about our previous app ideas, um, she was like, this, this one's the one, like this one's really got legs. So, um, we took that advice and, um, the support of our friends and family and started moving on it. And you co-founded Yoga Wake Up with your husband, which is something that I find super interesting because I think any co-founder relationship is basically like a marriage where you're spending endless hours with that person, putting a lot of trust into that person, and basically building a baby, which is your startup together. So to add a real marriage into that relationship mix is like a whole other story. What has it been like working together and how do you balance your relationship and your work relationship? Yeah, so this is actually um, not my first partnership. I had both been married before and had a business partner before. And this is, of course, the best one. But I think I learned a lot from those previous, quote, marriages because I think with Joaquin and I, we're also very unique. We do everything together. Like, we... We spend, and we go to a yoga class separately once in a while, and the teachers are so used to seeing us together that they'll either not recognize us when we're by ourselves, or they'll be like, hey, where's Lizzie? Or where's Joaquin? What's, what's up? Oh my God, that's <laughs> so it's, cute. It's a surprise. What's going on? So, uh, so we just genuinely enjoy each other's company, which makes it very easy. But also, I think, um, you know, we, we've always had separate, uh, skill sets and, and, you know, he's, he's CTO, he's the developer. I don't, I don't know that language. He, uh, writes code. I write pitches and, and emails. So we're, we don't try to do each other's job, which I think is, and we, and we really respect what the other person is good at and respect them as a whole. So, uh, I think there's massive trust, with that, 
because you've got to believe in what they're doing because you can't, you can't always, you can't do it yourself. And advice for people who are on their own, because of course, if you go into a business uh, where you are the sole proprietor, by all means, find mentors, lean on friends and family for support and find people that will be honest with you because that's also part of it for us. Like we're, we talk about work. I'm sure my stepson, his son is, I'm sure he gets sick of hearing about it because we're, we're always talking about the app and things we can be doing and, and how to improve it and, and what to work on. And it's exciting. We love it. Just finding somebody that you can connect with and click with on different levels, I think is such an important part of kind of the human experience and self-care in general. Um, but do you guys have bad days? Like, what do you do if, <laughs> if you get in a fight or when there's something with work? Like, do you take that home with you? How do you separate it? Yeah, we, um, so far, knock on wood, we have not had a work fight really ever. Um, so we're, again, we are just very supportive of each other in the office. And, and at the end of the day, I think we just really like each other. Like we're not sick of each other yet, but when we disagree, Joaquin is an excellent communicator. So that makes things easier. He's definitely a better communicator than me. And it's what I do for a living. Um, so, uh, so when we disagree, we talk it through, you know, there was, uh, in the beginning, like we had some disagreements over like the pricing of the app and, and it was something where, you know, we, we worked it out eventually and we kind of like, let him, I, he did it his way for a bit. And then, you know, we kind of decided that we needed to make things different. And then at that point, like, he was ready to listen. And I think that that was just us kind of mutual respect and realizing, okay, you know, we're going to listen to each other and try it one way. But then if that doesn't work, we'll try it my way. (laughs) What's your advice for someone who might be thinking of starting a company with their partner or their best friend or someone who is very close to them in a personal relationship? Hmm. It so depends on the relationship. Um, but I do have a friend who is in a partnership and what she and her partner do that I really admire. And, you know, we've even talked about it, Joaquin and me, but it's not something we've seen the need for yet. Um, although, you know, it's probably something that you should do before you see a need. The two of them have therapy sessions. So they do like phone therapy just to, just to make sure that everything's always out in the open and that they are feeling heard and understood. Because I think that at least in my previous partnerships, that was where I always had the challenge. I felt like I wasn't always steering the boat or even partially steering the boat. And what's so nice about this partnership with Yoga Wake Up is that we take turns so if I think if you're going into a partnership, really know your partner, of course, but also be prepared for challenges and differences and maybe preempt those challenges by having a third party, you know, therapist or someone that you guys can kind of chit chat with about how you're moving forward so that there's never any gray area. Mm. And always have a partnership agreement. I mean, it's not it's like an obvious thing and and nothing people like to talk about but it's it's just 
a safe way to go. So important. It's obvious, but a lot of people like to overlook how important it is, I think, when when you're first starting out. It's the advice I got from the very beginning. My first business, my partner and I started, we were 22 and 23. So we were kids and, you know, I felt like a kid. I, actually, I didn't. But <laughs> but we we were told by our lawyer, it's important that you do this. And it's smart. I could not agree more. So you've talked about a few different partnerships in the past and different app ideas that have failed. How do you deal with failure? And do you think that failure is kind of an important part to getting to where you're at now? Yeah. So Joaquin's motto is actually, um, gosh, now I'm going to mess it up. But it's basically the obvious, like you have to fail to, to win, right? Like fail, like basically every app, I mean, you're going to, you're going to fail multiple times before you're successful. So it really is just part of the ride. How do you deal with failure? And for us, it's every day there could be like a big win or, or something went wrong and you just continue forward. You just, you know, you manage it and learn from it. With this business, the way I look at it is things move really fast and you just have to recover and move forward. One thing that I remember reading, I think it was from an interview or a blog or something that you did, and it really stuck with me, was you were talking about just kind of the ups and downs of business and how at the end of the day, it's so important to just really be grateful and value kind of the things in your life that are really important, like your husband and like, you know, having a house and your family. Um, And I thought that was really, really just such a good perspective because we live in this very hustle and bustle startup culture. And I'm sure you experience it even more kind of being in the app world where everything is so busy and there is so much pressure and it is very competitive. And I think to stay grounded with those values is, is really important. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And my mom's motto when I was growing up was, um, and she's Cuban and she said that this was the way that people in Cuba feel it is work to live, not live to work. And so I've carried that with me my whole life. And I'm very lucky that I'm in a situation where I love my job. And so we do work quite a bit, but it doesn't feel like work. And we know when to take a break and we know when to focus on something else or have fun or go out or sit, you know, relax at home, whatever it is. So I find that we do a nice job of keeping things balanced and that I am grateful for. Let's talk about self-care. Have yoga and meditation always been a part of your life? Yeah. So meditation, not as much. I, I probably got on the bandwagon with actual practical meditation around the same time as I feel like I started reading about it and so only in the past several years, although I have always, you know, been, I think very aware of, aware of my needs. Like if I do need to slow down or if I do need to take a break. And I I think of that as equivalent to meditation. Um, however, with yoga, I think I started it about 10 years ago and fell in love with it. I started at a gym and, you know, was 
doing a yoga class every Wednesday and then going to spin on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. And then it started being yoga Wednesday and Friday and then yoga Wednesday, Thursday and Saturday. And so then I got to the point where I was wanting to practice all the time and yoga was starting to replace other workouts. And I'm just now starting to realize that it's important to, to do other things besides yoga. So I'm actually going back to how, how I worked out several years ago where I'm trying kickboxing or I'm trying dance classes just to kind of vary things up. But my first love is yoga. One thing that I've, I've struggled with kind of recently, and I think it's maybe my history with having an eating disorder, but I've always kind of felt like the yoga culture is sort of intimidating. And I feel like, like the way that yoga and self-care has been commercialized and marketed has become kind of off-putting to some people. Um, Do you have any tips for people who maybe feel hesitant about incorporating those things into their life? Yes. Well, first of all, that is enough material for another podcast because I have a lot to say about what you're describing. And it, it is something that is so important to us. It's actually how we framed our app. Our first slogan, I guess, that we came up with was yoga for everyone. And when we started the app and still to this day, people ask us all the time, why isn't it video? When are you going to do video? So one day, are you guys going to add video? And what, what we try to explain to everybody is we chose audio. And the reason we chose audio is because, well, many reasons, but for one, yoga is intimidating. And when you first wake up in the morning, the last thing you want to do is look at a beautiful yogi doing poses. You want to reflect and go inward. And so um, that's one of the main reasons why it's not video, but also, and and because we, we want it to feel like something anybody can do. And because you're in the privacy of your bedroom, you're not necessarily intimidated by it. You're not saying, okay, well, I would really love to do yoga, but I'm not flexible enough. You know, I'd really love to do yoga, but everybody in the room is, you know, size four. And so for us, it's try this privately, get comfortable with it, and then realize that like yoga is for everyone. And then hopefully you'll feel confident or you'll feel, um, you know, empowered and, and perhaps go get more involved and go deeper into a yoga practice, whether it's outside of the house or not. Unfortunately with Instagram there, I think it's shifting. I really do. I'm, I'm proud to say that things seem to be shifting, but for a while there, it was this culture of women needing to be beautiful to practice yoga and what does that even mean? So yeah, I, I think it's it's something that needs to shift and hopefully people are starting to realize that it's, it's just not what it's about. It's an ancient practice that we turned it into that somehow in the US but and and Western culture, but it is so much more spiritual and and it's just not about that. I completely agree. Like there's so much to be discussed in that entire realm because it is 
frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. And it's especially ironic how something like meditation has become so commercialized when it really is something that like, you don't need to spend any money on at all. (laughs) It's free and it's internal and it's intimate. And yet we've made it this thing that is intimidating and only for kind of the upper middle class, you know, white women who can afford to take the time to do it or can afford to go to a meditation class. And it's just like a complete opposite shift of of where the roots of it came from. So I'm, I don't know, I'm completely with you in in terms of we could talk about this for a long time. Well, I think it's exciting to see yoga being taught in schools and to see yoga being taught in doctor's offices and prisons. I work at a WeWork and we have yoga classes here periodically. So I think that there's definitely a shift and, and what the beauty of meditation is you don't even have to change your clothes. I mean, you can do it sitting at your desk. So I just think that hopefully we are starting to see it become something that doesn't feel like it's just for a single group because at the end of the day, it's, it's an incredible way to relieve stress. And that's something that everybody feels. And I do, I love how you were talking about the conscious decision to only use audio on the app. I think that's a really smart move, but also just like from using the app personally, I I do think it is so accessible and I love, well, you know, I love everything about it. Like I already told you this last time on our call, but it is just such a refreshing way to start your morning and without really doing anything. Like, I think that's one thing that stops people from putting things into their routines is the extra effort it takes. Mm -hmm. But when something is just a part of your, a part of your morning, because it's literally your alarm clock, it becomes so much more accessible and so much more enjoyable. Yeah. And it's, I've also noticed that once you do become accustomed to waking up 10 minutes earlier, because you do have to set your alarm. So it's, you know, for us, we need to be out of the door by 7 a.m. And that means waking up at 6. So we set the wake up for 5.50. You know, once you can get comfortable with that, like I, I'm getting 10 minutes fewer, you know, of sleep, then you don't miss that 10 minutes because every morning you're getting this really like peaceful addition to the day that the other rituals that I started at New Year's have kind of gone by the wayside, but that one hasn't because it's simply an easy thing to add. Yeah, and it's a part of your day anyway. Like you need to wake up anyways, <laughs> right? So you may as well do it in like a really enjoyable way rather than a buzzing alarm clock, which I cannot stand. Definitely. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about morning routines, evening routines. You mentioned you start your day with yoga wake up. Is there anything else that you kind of do on a daily basis that is really intentional towards your self-care? Yeah, so in the mornings, uh, it's a lot of kind of prepping. Uh, My husband and I, we make breakfast together in the morning, and then we'll usually, you know, we bring lunch to work. Sometimes I'll put something in the slow cooker. So mornings are a lot of like shuffling through the kitchen, quite frankly. 
But once uh, I get to the office, I have a turmeric latte. I do that, and I just kind of sit. And we've actually been journaling, too, once we get here. We'll write down just, just like getting our thoughts organized, and I'll do that while I drink the turmeric latte. And it feels like some 15 minutes of me time that I don't really have time to get when I'm at the house because we're getting Isaac ready for school and prepping a bunch of food. So I kind of have to do it when I get to the office, which is okay. But in the evenings, my ritual is I cook. I make dinner. We'll put on music. Um, Joaquin is learning to play the guitar. So he has like an hour that he'll be practicing guitar, practicing singing which is really fun to listen to in the living room. Um, And while he does that or we listen to music, I will just very leisurely make dinner. And oftentimes, like, I'll spend, like, an hour or two just making dinner. (laughs) But I love it, and it's, like, my private time. And it's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) I love that. Other than Yoga Wake Up, is there other ways that you use technology as a tool in your self-care or are you more likely to disconnect from tech altogether? Yeah, I don't use technology too much else for self-care. I mean, I mentioned how much I love to cook, so I actually do a lot of like menu planning um, on the weekend. So before I go to the farmer's market on Sunday, I'll kind of go through um, – just like my tech, this app called Texture that I use quite a bit, it's for reading magazines. I will go through like Bon Appetit or other cooking magazines and get ideas and then maybe look at like different blogs and then put together like a, a plan for the week of what we want to eat. And it, it, I find it keeps us super on track with eating the way that we are driven to eat and eating healthy. If we have it kind of set in stone on Sunday, we don't, we don't flip up as much. I think that's about what I use my tech for. And, and otherwise I try to leave it away. Like if we go out on the weekend, I leave the phone at home. Like if we have date night, I'm like, let's leave the phones at home. And then it's really funny too. When we like have some kind of like debate, we need to settle with Google and we're like, shit. <laughs> we can't. We can't do it right now. We gotta wait till we get home, and then we'll, of course, have forgotten about it. But it's really, it's really nice to not have the phone. Um, I try to keep it out of my way if we're out of the house. So, at the end of every episode, I like to wrap with a quick fire round where you can answer with one word or one sentence or two sentences, whatever comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. What's your zodiac sign? Aries. What's your favorite app right now other than Yoga Wake Up? Probably ClassPass and Spotify. Favorite podcast? How I Built This. Favorite athleisure brand? Beyond Yoga. And what does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? Okay, so we start with the farmer's market. Actually, we will do Yoga Wake Up on Sundays probably about... 75% of the time, but we don't use it as an alarm. We'll just play now when we wake up and then we'll go to the farmer's market, bike ride to the beach, maybe a yoga class, maybe a glass of wine. Love it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Lizzie, for joining me on this episode of self-care Sunday. Thank you. 
Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to download the Yoga Wake Up app, there's a seven day free trial and then it's $5.99 monthly, but you can save $2 a month if you use the code SELFCAREESUNDAY. So it's literally less than the price of one latte at Starbucks for a month full of unlimited meditations and yoga guidance each morning. I also use the app before bed when I can't sleep because there's some really peaceful meditations that help me calm my mind before bed. So I'll leave a link in the episode blog post and in the episode description so that you can download the app directly from iTunes and use the code SELFCAREESUNDAY when you're buying your membership. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. Mm-hmm.